Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. It is time for Counterpoint. We've got Jamie Ellerton joining us tonight, principal over at Canaptus PR, and Kim Wright, VP of Public Affairs at Hill and Knowlton. You deal with municipal affairs. Excited for Monday? Absolutely. Really? Yeah, and, and Saturday because we have uh, municipal elections in British Columbia and Wednesday sure. of municipal elections in uh, Manitoba because that's some interesting politics there. Yeah, well, we'll be uh, giving you full coverage here on Monday night uh, starting Well, pretty much all day. Um, All right, guys, let's talk a little bit about the hat that has triggered a few people. And so much so that I guess the Bay has decided to pull a hat, baseball cap, saying, make Canada great again. Apparently, we are now so triggered that you can't just have four little words. Kim, I I think this is a colossal mistake for the Bay. where, Where are you at? I think it was a mistake for them to think that they weren't going to get this kind of flack over having that type of language in a hat in in their stores. Like, let's be honest, anything make blank great again is going to automatically become newsworthy. And why? I, I don't understand. Like, wh- I mean, it's not it's like I said earlier, it's not like they said, let's ma- make Nazis great again. Uh, that I would get. <laughs> I mean, what is so offensive about mimicking or playing off of something that is part of pop culture? It is part of pop culture, but it is also a very politicized and politically charged phrase. And anybody who walks in with a red baseball cap these days... It, well, it's black, so... Well, yeah. it, thankfully in this case, but you start to put in those uh, those four little words of make blank great again, and people are going to start associating with it, with Trump, and it becomes a whole conversation. Look, I really wish we could be better uh, in, in civil society about talking about religion and politics and sex and money. I think we'd have a lot less problems in our our society if we could uh but this is an example where we can't talk about politics and why we can't have nice things well we, we can't seem jamie to talk about anything without someone not being offended like i'm offended now that the bay is offended and took it down so everyone's gonna be offended <laughs> uh, at the end of the day hudson bay is a private retailer president trump polls in the low teens of public support and approval here in canada and they clearly got enough complaints where they uh, made the decision this is not worth the PR hit to carry it. Uh, if you are so diehard of a Donald Trump supporter, I suspect you know where to find stuff online uh, to buy his swag again for something to make Canada great again. If it was indeed drawing the kind of backlash and uh, complaints that they were going to get the customer uh, service desk and through email and other means, obviously you're going to pull the product. Uh, Sorry, yeah, we're just having forward. a little bit of time. You're digitizing just slightly on us, Jamie. But but the point, I mean, it did sell. The hat did sell. We, I mean, if you don't like it, you don't have to buy it. But we are now getting to the point where anybody with any kind of uh, irritation can go on social media, get 20 people tagging up, and companies will just bend to it because everyone's so scared of offending somebody. It's not, to me, it's just not healthy. Well, I think... You have you have more than a few people being offended by it. So they obviously took that into consideration and, and backed off. You know, there are all sorts of ways to be political. You know, you see, saw the Nike campaign not that long ago with Colin Kaepernick uh, that, in fact, actually helped them get higher uh, sales in Nike products. But there were some people who decided that they were going to vote with their dollars. And Nike didn't buckle. And Nike didn't buckle, but... At the end of it all, you know, you make a political decision of what you carry and what you don't carry, whether it's the Ivanka Trump line, uh, clothing lines, or these Make Canada Great Again hats or any of the other products. And you live and you die by what the consumers are going to purchase. Anything more there, Jamie? 
Yeah, at the end of the day, too, if you talk about the Nike example, they've clearly invested millions in that marketing campaign and are looking for a return on investment. This hat that was listed at the Bay, I didn't see the price, but let's just say it was probably somewhere to $20, $40. The volume you would have to sell to actually make serious profit to perhaps compensate for the blowback you're getting of customers complaining, just not worth the hassle. So I think they're totally within their rights to pull it off the shelf. Yeah, I, I think, well, and I also think they're perfectly in the rights to carry it. <laughs> I mean, bottom line. Um, all right, let's talk about Doug Ford because he spoke today to members, uh, about a couple hundred um, Layuna members. They are a big, big trades union that used to support um, Kathleen Wynne. They were at a rally at Queen's Park today. Here was uh, Doug Ford, the Premier, speaking to them. We're going to make sure that you're going to have an opportunity to be on all the jobs, unlike that section 14, the nasty, nasty bill, section 14, the old backroom deal that Kathleen Wayne did, I can tell you, our team's behind you, we're going to make sure we amend that until each and every one of you have an opportunity, if you're going to be willing to work hard, which each and every one of you do, and specifically, each and every one of you will have an opportunity to do the concrete form work that was excluded from Kathleen Wynne and the Liberals, again, doing the backroom deal. It was the day before the election started. Okay, so this is a union, again, that was uh, very kind of loyal to the Liberals. They did not go to the NDP, Kim, which I think speaks to the appeal of a guy like Doug Ford, who is a conservative of all people. You know, Doug uh, Doug had a lot of appeal to blue-collar workers, as did Andrea Horvath, and, and there's been a lot of support between Leuna and the New Democrats over the years, not as much as uh, Premier Ford got during the campaign. Uh, but I was at a rally, uh, Andrea Horvath's nomination meeting in Hamilton, which was actually at Leuna Station with Joe Mancinelli was there mm-hmm. and other senior members of Leuna. So... There's a lot of room in the labor movement. There are a lot of divergent opinions in the labor movement. But at the end of it all, what we, we, we want to make sure in Ontario is we have quality jobs uh, and that workers' rights are upheld. This is new territory, though, because the unions don't generally support the PC party, though. And, and so once you've got them, Jamie, you don't want to let them go. So it is valuable to the Ford uh, government. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was one of the probably the surprises of the Doug Ford coalition and just actually how genuinely diverse that it was. As Kim kind of alluded to, you kind of think of labor and unions, you think the NDP. But Doug Ford's appeal amongst blue collar workers was uh, pretty strong during the last campaign. And he's going to want to uh, return that support in favor and, and see where this goes. The specific issue that he kept referencing in terms of opening up a tendering, uh, if it's what I'm thinking it is, it actually allows independent contractors and sp- smaller labor organizations to bid on contract work as opposed to it all having to be tendered by a large employer and distributed through bigger unions that have more control over how the work flows. So this actually could help uh, lower costs by opening up more public tenders to uh, more bids. Yeah, well, we'll see. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. All right, we got Counterpoint. It is 8.33. Jamie Ellerton and Kim Wright are here with me tonight. Let's talk about Patrick Brown, who is running for Brampton mayor, uh, under fire for spending his whole $300,000 expense allowance in his final weeks as PC leader. He said it was to pay out staff severance and mailouts, but it is 170000 more than any other departing MPP on the list. So, Kim? Where there's smoke, there's fire. Is there any fire for you here, or is it just smoke, or is this just normal? Gosh, and they say New Democrats are bad with money. 
Um, <laughs> well, the thing is, conservatives are not supposed to be bad with money. <laughs> you know, let's not jump on stereotypes because there are some things that, uh, you know, Patrick uh, has been uh, accused of. But uh, look, at, at the end of all of this, Patrick is going to ha- be held to account by the voters of Brampton. Uh, and uh, we saw earlier today that the former mayor of Brampton, Susan Fennell, has been uh, not being charged by the police on some of her spending issues. Uh, so... You know, again, this is up to the voters of Brampton whether they want Patrick to be their representative on big city mayors and big issues across uh, across Canada and in Brampton. But I think it's I think it's yes, it's within the rules. But sometimes discretion is the better part of valor. I'd like to know what they actually spent it on. If it was paying out severances to staff or some of the, their right. financial problems that they uh, seem to have had uh, from the party, then great. If yeah. it wasn't, if it was just. Uh, the Patrick tour, then that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, I mean, Jamie, if it's legitimate, that's understandable. But if if, if taxpayers are paying for things like weddings or campaigns or whatever else or anything that's not uh, covered under the taxpayers, the rules, uh, you know, I'm sorry, but it has to be paid back. So where do you go with this? Does it have to be investigated? I think this should definitely be investigated. It's actually my understanding that when you get severance and those types of things to the legislature, it actually comes out of a global HR budget for the ledge and not the members operating. Right. And if you look at the reports that existed there, there was like a handful of people who got a bunch of two-month contracts. Uh, so that's not a severance. That's like a golden parachute. Mm-hmm. At this point, I think the only thing vote Patrick Brown is ever going to win is to be voted off the island. This man <laughs> needs to go away. He needs to get his hands out of the public purse and stop spending taxpayers' money and uh, go actually do something constructive for a living that creates value as opposed to living off of others. Okay. We'll see what happens Monday. Uh, Louis C.K., accused with several Me Too sexual misconduct allegations, is trying to make a comeback. Noam Dorman is the owner of the Comedy Cellar in New York, and this is where Louis C.K. has gotten onto stage kind of in a surprise manner in what is looked at as a comeback opportunity. Here is why he says he's going to let the guy come in and do his thing. But I don't want to be part of this team that is going to make sure that this person is punished. Let's lock arms, all the club on, and make sure that Louis never gets to get on stage again. Okay, this guy was not charged. He was not convicted. You know, um, the allegations are what they are. He's he's shown remorse and apologized. Does he ever get a second chance, um, Jamie? Yeah, at the end of the day, if you look at how our criminal justice system works, uh, after you've served your time, you indeed are supposed to get a second chance. And here's a person, as you rightly highlighted, uh, has not been convicted of any crimes uh, and, uh, of the like. Uh, this clearly is an issue in society, and it's probably a well-overdue correction so that we have less women who are victims of sexual abuse and sexual assault. But I don't think that means that everyone who perhaps has ever done something inappropriate at one point in their life is uh, prevented from doing anything else for the rest of their life. And so I do think there needs to be a balance here. Uh, that doesn't mean that women have to go and listen to Louis C.K. or enjoy his comedy. But uh, I think he, if he's genuinely remorseful and has apologized, uh, I think he should be able to move on with his life and learn the lessons from his past. Yeah, I, I'm kind of of the mind that the, the private market should decide if Louis C.K. can ever be successful again. And, and I think Jamie's right when he points out the fact that, you know, we in society, apparently, in, especially in this country these days, we talk about rehabilitation so that we can get people back on their feet and out there. Well, this guy wasn't even charged with anything. So, like, shouldn't we offer him the extend the same generosity? 
I think what people are a bit frustrated by with the Louis C.K. situation is that his quick redemption tour, uh, yes, he, he admitted that he did some, he behaved terribly towards women uh, and that he has learned lessons. Uh, but does he get to come back on stage only a few months after admitting to all of this? I think he needs a little more time in the penalty box, but ultimately that will be up to the markets to decide whether people are going to show up or not. And, you know, I'd like to believe that uh, he is remorseful. He has changed his ways. I'd like to see some evidence of that. But, uh, you know, at the end of all of this, it's up to the comedy club owners, whether who they're going to put on stage. Uh, and but more importantly, it's also up to the people buying tickets to go. I gotta and, be honest; it would be I don't know how how like you gotta have cojones. I would be feeling so uncomfortable. <laughs> like, what if someone makes fun of me? Oh my god! I'm sure every one of those women who had to work with him when he hadn't quite uh, been as enlightened as he is now uh, felt that same way of working yeah. with him. Yeah, it's it's just a weird situation. All right, the CBC, which uh, we have to, because we have no choice but to give them a billion dollars a year of taxpayers' uh, money is not going to be running the municipal election, which is fine because we will have you fully covered here with the best coverage of your municipal uh, politics. But they're going to play Murdoch Mysteries instead. I'm sorry. <laughs> but if ever you needed a reason to defund the CBC, is this not what they're sh- they should be doing, is getting into those small races in small communities all over, you know, uh, Ontario and deliver this instead of Murdoch Mysteries? Isn't this what we pay them to do? You're asking a person who spends her days and weeks and months dealing with municipalities across <laughs> Ontario and across Canada in small markets all across. So I'm actually looking forward to what happens in smaller communities. And frankly, there are some big issues that uh, yeah. with, with cannabis opting in and out. Mm-hmm. It's It'll be interesting to see what those races, how they unfold. Uh, well, they, they won't be covering them. There will be a whole bunch of conversations, but, uh, you know, I, I certainly will be covering them uh, as no, well. But others, shouldn't the but... CBC cover them? That is their mandate. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, ag- I agree wholeheartedly. I think. What's that? What, sorry, did Jamie say that again? I said absolutely. This is what they exist to do. The fact that they're putting on a Murdoch mystery rerun. So that they can oh, it's not even a new episode? Is it a oh. new episode or is it a rerun? Because that... <laughs> Does that change your opinion? It might change. No, look, I, 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 think, I think election nights should be covered by all broadcasters, public or private. I think that the, it is the least we can do, especially when in media people frequently talk about the dismal voter turnout and people not being engaged. The least you can do is once every four years... Uh, do some election night coverage for municipal governments, which are the closest to the people. Absolutely. And not to mention, you know, let the private broadcasters do the bigger races. But you as a CBC, which is really designed to serve the smaller markets that don't have the opportunity, that's who you're supposed to serve. It's it's it's, it's very, very backwards. All right, guys, I got to leave it there. Appreciate it. Thank you. Jamie Ellerton, as well as Kim Wright, joining me tonight for this edition of CounterPoint. <laughs> You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.